This podcast was recorded for the Sound Environment Show on Radio Galari. Radio Galari is a community radio station based in the Kimberley, Western Australia. For more information, go to www.galari.com. First up tonight, we've got Candy Curran from the Roebuck Bay Working Group. Yeah, um, Candy's been doing a lot of work on Lingbia over the last uh, 10 years or so, I don't have a guess. So um, I just wanted to ask Candy a few questions about the uh, Lingbia bloom that's, bloom that's happening right now in Roebuck Bay. Candy, is this, is this a big bloom is, in your experience? Is this a big bloom that you've seen? Uh, it appears to be so. Um, you know, I walked out on the mudflats during the seagrass wandering in December and I could see it developing and I was very concerned that it was progressing and I thought, well, if we do get clear, hot, uh, sunny days without a lot of rain, uh, it could really take off and it appears to have done so. Yeah, I've noticed that too. If you go down to Town Beach at the moment and look out on the uh, mudflats there, particularly on low tide, you can see a lot of lingbia lying on top of the seagrass beds. Um, yeah, so it's a bit hazardous, isn't it? Yeah, it's not something that you want to touch. It's, uh, it, can, there are, it can have a toxic stage in its life cycle uh, and it can cause you know, a rash on the arms or, and also eczema-like symptoms uh, where you can actually... Uh, and also stinging of the eyes. So it's definitely something to be avoided. And I have been told by some of the boaters who've been uh, launching and retrieving their boats that it's been wrapping around their legs. So mm. it's something that you're better off to wear you know, a pair of trousers and really avoid any contact you can uh, with this lingvia. So not real good for humans. What does it do to marine life? That's the question. Well, marine life, yeah, that's right. Marine life really do, um, it really does have... Um, some quite uh, shocking impacts if it's a very large bloom uh, and because what it does is it tends to uh, stick to the seagrass and it uh, suffocates it uh, so it can't get the light so you know and it can't uh, grow and photosynthesize uh, and all the while the uh, the lingvia just keeps growing and and keeps smothering it and the seagrass meadows are, are real drivers of life in the bay there's uh, they're it's a, it's a place where young fingerlings uh, tend to hide and there's a feeding ground for dugongs and turtles and uh, it's really not good for the bay to see a large lingbia bloom uh, like the one that's currently underway. So more lingbia, less seagrass, less turtles and dugongs coming in close to Town Beach? Yeah, that could well be the case and uh, you know we don't want to see it uh, get any worse um, but it's really hard to say, um, you know, whether it's going to uh, taper off or whether it's just going to get uh, worse. Yeah, yeah. In my experience, how they're doing seagrass monitoring, I'd, when I went out there where the lingbia was around, um, I certainly saw a lot less animals. Yeah, yeah. I walked out myself, um, you know, last Monday and uh, I was really quite, yeah, you know, really disappointed to see such uh, a large bloom. I only worked, walked out to Town Beach. I haven't, you know, walked down to Demco or the port or further along to Black Ledge. Uh, but, you know, the seagrass was looking, you know, fantastic in December. So it's really disappointing to see such a large bloom um, underway. So we know there's a big bloom there. The question is, what can we do about it and what is causing it? Well, there's, you know, there's several things. I mean, the Robot Bay Working Group is working hard to do something about it. Uh, we've written to the state government and we're lobbying hard uh, because there's two different ways that uh, 
nutrients can get into Robert Bay. And if you look at places like Moreton Bay uh, in Queensland, they've suffered, uh, that bay has suffered large lingby blooms and they've connected that to nutrients. And uh, the same applies here in Robert Bay. Um, the bay has a nutrient problem and nutrients can get into the bay from groundwater that's been uh, polluted and it can also get in from surface water. And it's probably easier to understand surface water and what you can do about it if you think about the stormwater drains in Broome. Um, what happens at the beginning of the wet season, and this is the worst time for stormwater, is it, it flows off on a heavy, heavy downpour of rain. It takes everything with it. You know, all those uh, detergents you've used to wash your car on the road, all the fertiliser that's on your lawn and garden, uh, all the uh, animal faeces, um, maybe the wastewater that um, you've been running the washing machine out of, that all can be gathered up and flow off your property into the stormwater drains into this what's known as a shock loading and that flows into the bay and if there's a lingbia bloom underway well that's that feeds it the other way is groundwater and that can come in from uh, say wastewater reuse um, you know perhaps on our sporting amenities in Broome at the golf course uh, and if you're putting too much treated wastewater on the sorting amenities, uh, the grass can't take it up and it flows through into the aquifer, which then actually discharges into the bay. So, and the septics can also play a role. If you've got a, a leaking septic or you've got a leaking, uh, say, wastewater treatment ponds, all of those things can leak uh, into the aquifer and then get into the bay and uh, that's uh, obviously can contribute to the nutrient problem um, that's in the water column at the moment. So using wastewater like we do at the moment on the golf course and the Haynes Oval, I think it is, and it's, it sounds like a really good idea because you're using wastewater and uh, making the grass grow. So it's just a case of using too much of it. It can be, and uh, that's you know that's something that we were asking uh, uh, the agencies and uh, industries to investigate uh, because uh, we don't want to see that uh, you know wastewater. Um, or treated wastewater getting into the aquifer below Broome and, and discharging uh, into our waters, uh, our beautiful uh, waters that surround Broome. And uh, so it's something that uh, we're working hard on. So the bottom line is for Broome people is that if we don't get control of the amount of nutrients flowing into the bay, these limby booms might become more common and more persistent and even worse than what we've seen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true, and that's, of course, is the Robert Bay Working Group's concern. And, of course, other, uh, you know, many others in Broome um, are concerned too about the Lingbia. So it's just something that, um, you know, as far as residents are concerned, I mean, what you can do in Broome is, you know, try and, you know, grow native plants instead of, uh, you know, introduce plants that require fertiliser and, uh, you know, keep your um, garden waste out of the drains and... Uh, you know, wash your car on the lawn instead of on the road. Those sorts of things, can, that's what you can do. Um, at the same time, the Robert Bay Working Group and other groups like Environs Kimberley can work hard on trying to, um, you know, attack the problem of uh, perhaps uh, nutrients in the groundwater getting into the bay. Have the improvements to what's sometimes called the Broom Lake um, at the edge of Roebuck there made much difference? Um, I believe so. Um, I think there is um, is monitoring being done, which is which is great news. Um, monitoring being done of quite a few of the drains uh, that is discharging into the bay. Um, and I believe that there's been a lot of, uh, you know, planting of native plants in those uh, in the basin that's been re-engineered. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, that will have an impact at reducing mm. nutrients from entering. 
I know that um, slowing down water flow in stormwater drainage is now a big priority for developers around around town, um, just to try and give it time to either evaporate or soak in rather than just run straight into the bay. Yeah, it's really important. I think that when they redesigned the Broome Lake area, they planted it out, they had a few failures and a few successes, and now, mm-hmm. the, now the plants are starting to grow well. Mm. So it should work better and better over time as those plants get more and more established. Mm. Yeah, so we should see a good improvement there in the future. Yeah, and if you look at areas like the stormwater drainage around places like Jamboree Six Seasons, which was supposedly best practice, you can see instead of it just being a big empty drain, it's full of plants and things to slow the water down. And oh, that's thanks to skippers because they planted Yay. that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that uh, well, the uh, the University of Western Australia um, have done some studies um, along with uh, uh, LandCorp. They've been monitoring their drains, and it does appear that. The nutrients. Um, there's not as much nutrients flowing in from Broome North as there is from the old part of town. So um, that's you know it does sound like uh, the systems are beginning to really work. Yeah, thanks very much coming in for coming in tonight, Candy, and uh, all the best for the upcoming year. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me on uh, on the radio. <laughs>